Welcome to The Penny Drops, the Royal London podcast series simplifying finance to help more people, like you, make better informed money decisions. Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London. This podcast was recorded in July 2020 during the coronavirus outbreak, so please excuse any sound issues as we are recording remotely. And for the latest information on financial support and benefits, visit gov.uk forward slash coronavirus. Hello, I'm Andrea Fox, a journalist and broadcaster and the host of The Penny Drops, where I speak to the best financial experts out there. When it comes to your personal finances, what does the word budget mean to you? And would you even know where to start if you had to put one together? To help shine a light on how to take control of your personal finances, I'm talking to Keltner Fitzpatrick on this episode of The Penny Drops. As well as being the finance editor at Hearst UK for brands like Good Housekeeping, Red and Prima magazine, Keltner's on the Money 101 podcast from the BBC. She's also a money expert who regularly appears on TV and radio and it's the founder of Mummy Money Matters. Try saying that quickly three times. Uh, a website that's full of financial information for families. Kalpner, thank you very much for joining me on The Penny Drops. Thank you for having me. I wanted to start off by asking, because you help others learn about the value of money, um, it's clearly an important topic for you, but were you always as a kid like saving your pocket money or is this something that you learned later on in life? Um, well... I have a few stories. So <laughs> looking back, I'd say money has always been an open conversation in my household. Mm-hmm. So my parents were quite smart. They had a financial advisor to guide them at quite a young age. I remember mm. this financial advisor quite well. His name was Mr. Chudder. Um, <laughs> and he was a lovely man. And he used to come into the family home and talk to my parents about finances. So you could see how it was an open conversation. And actually, I can say that if it wasn't for him, my parents probably wouldn't have secured a pension or had any long-term savings or got good deals when they bought a house um, with their Mm. mortgage. But equally, I saw my parents work really, really hard for their money. Um, And actually, we had a shop once and it got burgled. And Mm. actually, I was there when um, two guys pointed a knife at my dad asking him to empty the till. So apart from the shock of seeing such an awful crime as a kid, um, no one wants to see that. Um, I really remember how devastated my parents were because losing money, and it happened to him twice, so, you know, it put us at financial risk. And something within me clicked saying, you know, I really understand the value of money here, that, you know, it's valuable and life is difficult when you don't have it. So I guess I learned from a really, really young age about the value of money and just the fact that, you know, I, I maybe learned it from quite a horrible experience, mm. but also just, you know, that op- open conversation was really, really important. So, I you know, we're, we're, we're cool about talking about money in my household. And then obviously, you know, I've grown up to be a financial journalist and I like to think that, you know, I inspire others to take action on their finances. I'm not a financial advisor, but I hope, you know, one day someone will sort of look back and say, thank goodness I took action from that pensions article, that investing article. Who knows? Oh, and we are specifically talking about budgeting today. So let's start off with why exactly we need to budget. Well, you probably hear this a lot where people say, you know, they can't wait for payday, they live Mm. paycheck to paycheck. or And they always say, I'm really skinned, I'm really skinned, I can't wait until payday. Or they seem to have enough to spend but never have enough to save. I'd say this is a sign of poor budgeting. And unless you take action to create a budget, you're never really going to get out of this cycle. So that's why we need a budget. Hmm. And where do you go about starting making a budget? Yes, there are 
so many ways you can get started. Um, I'd say if you've never done it, start with the Money Advice Service website. They've got a great budget planner. I really recommend it. Um, and essentially, what you want to achieve is get a clear understanding of your outgoings mm -hmm. and also your income. Mm -hmm. Now, the idea is that you should have more coming in than going out. Now, if that sounds so case, simple, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound simple, and I do understand it's not that simple. But if it's not the case, then take a good look at all your outgoings and start making cuts where you can. Mm -hmm. So just reviewing your service and utility providers can slash thousands of pounds off your annual budget expenditure. Mm. Quite recently, I just sat down for a few hours, uh, reviewed my insurance, my energy, um, my broadband, etc., and actually resulted in quite significant savings. These were always scheduled to be reviewed. And when I got round to it, I was like, Yes, I'm glad I did it because it's easy to put it off. But obviously, everyone's situation is different. So you need to do your research. And so not everyone might save that much. You might save more, you might save less, but it's worth taking a look and put dates in your diary, put them in your phone. Make sure you're reminding yourself to review these things because not reviewing them will cost you money inevitably. Now, a part of this budgeting is also about tracking your spending. Now, mm. if you've got several accounts, um, I do. I know I've got credit cards, I've got debit cards. Um, and, you know, I'll use whatever suits me for whatever I'm paying for. Um, it can become quite difficult, and especially with contactless as well, to track your spending. Mm -hmm. So there are apps that can actually help you. So um, Yolt or Money Dashboard, for example, are just two examples. If you haven't downloaded your banking app, download it because it can be quite useful to just have it on your phone, to keep an eye on your balance, see where your money's going. I use a Challenger bank. Among, I have five bank accounts, um, but I use a challenger bank as one of them. And actually, they're really useful for budgeting because you get an instant notification every time you spend money. So it really makes you mindful of your spending. And they've got some great budgeting tools that can be quite useful. When you say challenger bank, can you just describe what that means for us? A challenger bank is basically some of the new kids on the block. So, for example, you may have heard of Monzo or Starling Bank, for example. They're relatively new. They've been around for a few years and they're basically app and digital based banks. So you're not going to see those guys on the high street? You're not going to see those guys on the high street at all. If you're not the app kind of person, then good old fashioned spending diary. Write it down, make yourself accountable for every penny that goes out. But there is one thing I would like to say about budgeting. I don't want the message to be, this isn't about not enjoying your money. You have to enjoy your income, you have to enjoy life. Um, the whole point of budgeting is that you're comfortable month in and month out and that you're in control of your spending. So allocate money to bills. And if you do that budgeting planner from the Money Advice Service, you should have a clear idea of, just how much you need from your income to go towards bills, allocate some to savings and then allocate some to spending as well. I, mm. I, I hope that sounds easier. <laughs> so essentially, don't go on that spending spree as soon as it's payday. You know, you see it every time uh, you go on social media and it's like payday, yay. Mm. Don't fall for that. It's not payday, yay. It's not go on a spending spree. You're budgeted, you're living comfortably. And that's the aim of budgeting. Yeah. We are, of course, talking remotely at the moment. Um, lots of people will have been impacted by coronavirus who are listening to this. Finances will have taken a hit. So when it comes to things like debt, um, how do we prioritise this when it comes to our budgets? 
Um, that's a really interesting question. And actually, yes, everyone's finances have really changed since this pandemic kicked in and they will continue to change. So some people are saving money because they're not travelling to work, they're not buying lunches, they're not going out for dinners with friends or socialising. And But sadly, some people will have taken a pay cut, um, whether that's being for going through furlough or because mm. they're facing redundancy. Um, in fact, the Resolution Foundation recently which is a think tank, um, said over one million furloughed workers may be made redundant. Mm. And on top of that, we're also on the brink of a significant recession. Mm. So we really need to take a close look at our household finances and have a strong plan in place. I'm just going to say also it's worth taking a look at the Money Advice Service website again because Mm. they've recently launched an online tool. It's called the Money Navigator. Um, Now, this tool basically assesses Um, your financial situation following the coronavirus you answer a series of questions and it gives you a personalized guidance on where you need to take urgent action and what your priorities should be so that you don't go into financial difficulty Um, so that's a really useful tool and I really recommend that you know you take a look if your finances have changed also in addition to that is focus on your rainy day fund now if you've not heard of that it's basically a fund that everyone should have it's ideally um, three to six months income that you put an in, into an easy access account. So if there's an emergency, you know, whether your uh, work situation changes, your boiler breaks, the roof collapses, whatever, if there's a significant cost, there is money put aside for that. Now, like I said, ideally three to six months, but with a potential recession, in fact, the worst that we've seen in 300 years, and I'll say potential because I haven't got that crystal ball. No, um, exactly. Make... But we do need to plan for it and we do need to think ahead so that we don't get into difficulty. I would say make that pot, uh, emergency pot, a 12-month one. So if you have Mm. got income, don't take that for granted. Say, you know, I'm in a good position, but I'm going to secure the future. That's how I think. And that's a really good way of doing it. Now, you mentioned debt. Now, if Mm. you've got debt you need to know, you need to write down exactly how much that debt is costing you because some debt is really, really expensive. And start tackling really expensive debt first. Know which ones that you have to prioritise. Like, for example, um, you know, if you've got a council tax, you can't ignore a council tax. Um, Mm. You need to be able to pay those sort of bills. But but if you've got other debts, um, you might want to consolidate them um, and start tackling the expensive ones first. But it's important to say that that's easy to say if you've you know, got some sort of income. But if you are really struggling with debt, you can't keep up payments on your credit cards, etc. You're not sure how you're going to pay the next bill. I can't stress enough that you should talk to someone if you're struggling. Don't just bottle it up. Don't pretend that it's going to go away. Now, you know, you could talk to debt charity, Step Change, and they can help you come up with repayment plans. Um, you know, there may be things that you've not thought of. Yeah, so it's, it's worth talking to someone because it's never as bad as you may think. And obviously talk to your family if you can as well. And I haven't mentioned benefits, but you may be entitled to some benefits if your situation has changed. So turn to us. Charity has got a great calculator which you can go on and it can sort of flag which benefits you might be entitled to. So take oh, okay. a look at everything that you can to put yourself in the strongest possible position for the future. Yeah, so would you say even in difficult times, like there are some options when it comes to prioritising debt and getting your budget sorted out that maybe, like you say, you wouldn't have thought of? 
they are. I mean, it, everyone's situation is very different. But, you know, if you're paying for really expensive overdraft, you might be able to change a bank account and get some level of interest-free overdraft. Or you might be able to, if you've got credit card debt, you might be able to move it to a 0% balance um, credit card. So there, there are so many options, but it really depends on what your debt is and what your individual situation is as well. But I would say if it's a real struggle, um, definitely talk to someone like Step Change who can really guide you. And even the website's got so much information that you would find really useful. Mm. So, um, you know, talk to someone if, you know, don't let it get too out of control. Yeah. And as you've taught us, budgeting is about what's coming in and what's going out. I'm a freelancer. Lots of people in uh, the freelance position will know that we don't receive the same salary each month. So what are your tips for budgeting when you're in that position? Yes, it's a really good question. And I have been a freelancer in the past. So I, I, I see where you're coming from. And I really understand this. So but I would say if your income is irregular, this doesn't mean you shouldn't monitor your spending habits or be aware of what your essential bills are, you still need to budget. Now, I know so many freelancers who use the same bank account for their income as well as their personal expenses, etc. Now, it's really important to to get a grip on budgeting, I'd say, to help you out with this, um, you know, where you get more money one month, you might get less next month, is to separate your personal account from your business account. Mm. Then, from your business account, Decide on a monthly amount that you will pay yourself, i.e. this is going to be your income, um, each month from that business account. So you need to come up with a middle figure. So, you know, when there isn't much work, you've still got money in that business account to pay you some kind of monthly income. And whatever you do, don't go on a spending spree as soon as you get paid. And don't forget to plan for your long term. Now, this is the biggest mistake people make. And I'm expecting more people to go into potentially freelancing um, after this pandemic is over. Mm. You do need to make sure you're putting money aside to pay for taxes or, you know, you need to think about your pension. So, yeah, I think budgeting is equally important, if not maybe a little bit more important, because I've seen so many people thinking, oh, my tax bill is so high and I haven't really budgeted for that. And I'm really panicking. What am I going to do? Or... I'll buy that when I get paid. And, you know, it's, it's really about separating and creating some sort of regular income for yourself, if that makes good sense. I feel quite glad because I'm doing at least some of that. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, when it comes to sort of looking at your budget, do you just sort of do it? And then would you sort of think about it next year, maybe every six months, you have a look at your budget and see if it needs changing? What would you sort of recommend? Well, when it comes to your bank balance... I'd look at it every day. Just if it's on an app, it's so easy to do. Just check in, yeah, everything's fine, good, not going, you know, spending, overspending or anything like that. Um, but also, you know, if there's transactions that don't actually belong to you, it can really flag a problem. So that's um, always good mm-hmm. practice. So that's a good way to keep a close eye on your bank balance. However, when it comes to everyday, um, you know, your budgeting, you need to make a date with yourself or your partner um if you've got a partner then make a date with them as well make it a couple thing where you know you sit down and you go through all your bills you go through um, your bank accounts check your savings top up your investments if you've got any or top up your savings and just get into the habit of just going through everything every month once a month and it's just good practice why shouldn't you i mean it's this it's such an important part of your life and you really need to stay on top of it put dates in your diary for when you need to review things so it could be insurance etc 
um, your energy, put those dates in your diary and make sure you're reviewing them in good time. And so that, because often when you switch, you make savings. So yeah, it's, it's just good practice. And I say, just get into the habit of it. You, you make time for so many things and people in life. Make time for your finances as well. Yeah. And the gym. I mean, let's not and talk gym, about hair exactly. right now, Kaltner. My roots. No, actually, I'm just oh. going to say, yeah, probably yeah. shouldn't talk about hair right now. <laughs> but when you said make a date with yourself, I was like, wine, bath. Oh, no, sorry, budget. No, sorry, yes, that's, that's what we're talking well, about. Yeah, no. you kind of nailed it. Put the it, kettle though, on, maybe. It, you know, a wine and a bath sounds absolutely lovely, <laughs> but, you know, you want but to... But budget for it. <laughs> exactly. Make time for your budget. It doesn't have to take long, you know, an hour, half an hour, even if it's, you know, it's just knowing you know someone asked me how much is in your bank right now Mm. you should be able to answer how much have you got in your savings right now Mm. um how much do you pay for insurance i don't Mm. know is not a good enough answer oh yeah (laughs) that's yeah that's that's i'm I'm now thinking talking about i mean i just mentioned wine guilty pleasures um when we go over our budget what are your tips or actions you think we should take for when this happens? Because we're not perfect. Life happens. And every now and then we have a bit of a splurge, right? Of course. So <laughs> if you've got a strong budget plan in place, you should be comfortable and not go over budget. And even if you do, you should be quite comfortable because that, you know, you hopefully got some sort of buffer there. Mm. But it, as you say, it happens and it does. And you don't beat yourself up over it. Just make sure you're not heading into overdraft, taking out credit. And if this continues to be a problem, you know, I'd say start going out with the right amount of cash that you need. That way you can't Mm. buy anything if you don't actually have the money to pay for it. You can actually use a prepaid card if that helps, um, because I do understand at the moment with the pandemic, it might not be easy to use cash. But the main thing is, you know, if you do buy something and it, you know I'm going to use the term if it gives you joy and you know it's really important (laughs) to you just don't beat yourself up about it you know like I said earlier you have to enjoy your money Mm. and you know you might think the following month how will I make up for going slightly over budget the previous month you don't want to get into the habit of doing that Mm. but you know make up for it the following month if you can so if you've taken money out of savings for example think about how you might put money back into the savings the following month I like to stop myself from feeling guilty. You know, I like like going on good holidays. So Mm. I'm always happy to dial up that expenditure and then maybe cut back on the things that I'm not really fussed about. So Mm. just trying to find that balance, really. Yeah, what matters to you and where you want to put your money, I suppose. Lots of people listening will be on really tight budgets. So are there any tips you've got to try and get out of that habit, like you mentioned at the start, of living paycheck to paycheck? Sure. It's important to have goals you know if you say you want to save you know ask yourself what am I saving for stick a picture on the wall if you have to Mm, Um, vision board (laughs) yeah exactly it can really help change your mindset follow the right people on social media now I get so many people saying to me oh I saw this on Instagram or some influencer was talking about this and I've really got to have it unfollow them <laughs> um you know if, if they're making you go into debt or spend money that you wow. don't want to spend or you know make purchases that you might regret in a few months time unfollow them follow the people that will inspire you to save not just that if you've you know if you're getting a lot of marketing emails and falling for buy this now and you'll get it mm. you know 20 percent off but only until midnight I really really dislike being pressured into buying something mm. if you find yourself buying things because of those sort of promotions you know they are made to make you spend more essentially so Mm. just unsubscribe you know if you've got a really tight budget as you say 
and you're literally getting by on paycheck to paycheck, then try and cut back on some big expenses and focus on your essential spending. You know, even if you put away small amounts each month, that will still build up. Now, when I say, you know, cut back on your spending as well, one of the biggest costs is groceries at the moment. And it's really gone up since coronavirus. So take a look at how you might be able to reduce that big bill, for example. We have a great article on Good Housekeeping, actually, that it's got full of tips about how you might be able to reduce your grocery spending. Can you share any of those with us? Sure. Um, First, I would say switch to own brands. If you've been reluctant, give it a try because you might be pleasantly surprised. I've done it and, you know, I probably wouldn't switch back to the brand that I was using before. Um, So it's worth a try. Plan your meals. So when you go shopping, you know exactly what you're buying. Go with a list. And finally, only buy what you need. Don't go, you know, don't check your cupboards and see what you've got already. Don't come home with duplicates. I'm going to put my hand up. I've got way too many cans of chickpeas. So, you know, we've all done it. We all do it. But if you're trying to budget, then this is a good way to stop your overspending on groceries. Great tips. Obviously, mummy money matters. Yes, I said it right. Uh, You founded that. So a big life change is like having children obviously have an impact on your budget. We actually covered that on a recent podcast as well. How do you manage that financial transition from budgeting for yourself, maybe yourself and your partner, to a family with children? Well, that's an interesting question. And I have to say, my eldest is 10. And I have to say that when I thought about having a family, I hadn't actually thought about finances. I was lucky enough to be in a comfortable position. You know, I mm. knew I had savings, but I guess I was more, I think, the nervousness of becoming a, you know, the idea of becoming a mum. I was just like overwhelmed was by all that information. <laughs> no one thinks straight when they're pregnant. Come on, <laughs> space facts. Um, but what I did notice is that there was really little information out there when it comes to finances and families, which is why and when I founded uh, Mummy Money Matters because there was no one-stop shop about not just saving for children, but also just, you know, what sort of expenses am I going to occur? Um, You know, what do I need to plan for? What's my maternity pay going to be Mm -hmm. like? And there was very little information out there. There's loads more now, which I'm really, really grateful for, but which is why I decided to launch uh, Mummy Money Matters. And I guess since then, I really haven't really stopped trying to help anyone and everyone that will listen to me. But one thing I'm glad I did do was I spoke to a lot of parents. I got a lot of information from parents and not necessarily, you know, personal finance information, but on types of things where I need to spend my money. So if you go, go into a store they will always try and sell you something so don't talk to them because otherwise you'll easily come home with an electronic formula mixer a bottle oh. sling or baby bum brush i'm not joking by the way really um, a baby bum brush <laughs> they exist. Good Lord. Um, so do you know like they will try and sell you whatever and you can i can just really see how easy it is to overspend mm. and you don't need to so you know and what actually you need to do is think about you know, focusing on your spending, on the things that you really need. And obviously, there are things that you need. And then also think about how you're going to manage while you're on maternity pay. And because there is going to be a period where there's a drop of income, and that's where your money needs to start going Mm. to help um, sort of cushion that. And I actually, I've written quite a few articles on maternity pay and how to manage that income drop and what sort of things you might be spending on and essentially how to manage becoming a household with kids <laughs> so yeah um and obviously i would say definitely take a look at that and read up as much as you can 
but I would say the main thing is really, really talk to other parents as well. Don't yeah. end up buying what you don't need. It's, I mean, it's, it's so much. It's the stuff, it's the drop in income. There's just so much to consider, isn't there? There is so much. And obviously, as they get older, the things that they want become more expensive <laughs> um, <laughs> and they become more demanding. So, yeah. Yes, they've come their own little people with their own little likes and wants. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there's a, a stat, actually, that's floated around. Um, so the total cost of raising a child... Um, from zero to eighteen is around over seventy five thousand for a couple. So wow, and um, it's not like you have to have seventy five thousand in the bank before you start no, having children. But, but that's just, what it's going to cost you over yeah, there. It's just not yeah. going to be cheap. <laughs> but they come with joy. They come with so much joy. Yeah, I feel, yeah. We always have to caveat all of our discussions around budgeting and family with that point. Yes, um, absolutely. You told us at the start as well that you were very open about talking with money with your family from a very young age. When do you think you should start talking to children about money? Have you already started with your kids? Yep. So I have two two little boys, and I I so are they ten and what's the other um, one? the other ones um, six, oh. and I genuinely do talk to them about money, and I do believe that you should talk to them about money as young as possible because wow. they really learn from the parents. It's a lesson that needs to start at home without a doubt. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, just coin recognition, playing shops. They're the basic games. And also just, you know, I, they both got junior ices and I, I sometimes talk to them, you know, about how they got savings, etc. The youngest one yeah. is really not that bothered, if I'm honest. <laughs> but when they go, when we go out to the shops, I sometimes tell them that you can't spend more than £10, let's say. That's quite generous, mm. actually, <laughs> considering <laughs> the, the, the amount of stuff that they want. That's um, birthday money levels. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the, the, just telling them that this is your limit kind mm. of is is education within itself. But what I have found is a new challenge, especially with my older son, where they want to nowadays buy a lot of stuff online on games. Mm. So if you have, if you know anyone that plays Fortnite, for example. Oh, yeah, the in-purchase uh, in buying. Uh, yeah, the in-purchase buying, or you can buy extras, and they buy it through what's called V-Bucks. So virtual money is becoming such a thing with them. Mm. And it's a whole new level of, education for them it's just like you know so what I try to do is say to them you know if you don't spend that money I will double it in a month's time I say double I might not I might add an extra few pounds Um, yeah exactly but it's you know you have to be aware of the times are changing as well um they're not interested you know if someone gives my son 10 pound cash he's not as excited if the same way that if someone tops up his prepaid um, children's bank account with wow. £10. He's more excited about the fact that it's on a, a plastic card. So <laughs> times have changed as well. But the main thing is, I would say, is don't make money a taboo subject in your household. It's mm. be open about how much you earn. If you've got debts, be open about that because your children will grow up to be more confident with money if it's been an open conversation. And you can't expect them to manage their money if you know you've been told to be quiet about it and not talk about it it's shameful it's not it's a life Mm. skill and we all need to be able to manage it yeah that's so true and you were mentioning like the grocery um shopping bills going up so getting back to like day-to-day household bills are there any ways that you think we could cut back on those like day-to-day things energy costs cooking even um to make some savings um, well, apart from, you know, the obvious thing is um, reviewing your bills regularly and that mm. is worth, like, literally could be worth a £1,000 plus. Yeah, like you um, mentioned, yeah. 
my dad always used to tell me off for leaving lights lights on in bedrooms, and I feel like I've become him a bit now because I go around the house saying, "Who's left this light switch on? Who's left this light switch on?" And it really annoys me. Um, so yeah, just be mindful of how you spend your energy. Um, you know, if you find yourself driving to places quite a lot, when you can walk to them, maybe start walking to them and save on petrol costs. So if you're looking to save energy, I would highly recommend looking at the Energy Saving Trust website. So that's energysavingtrust.org.uk, which is really full of so many tips on how you can save on your energy bills. So, yeah, certainly take a look at that as well. Yeah, there's some great ones, great tips in there. But we haven't even mentioned probably the most expensive purchase which is maintaining the home like how can you do things like decorate your home when you're on a budget I love this question because actually I've been doing that (laughs) and I think a lot of us have been doing this especially what when we've been in lockdown we just want to focus in on the home a bit showing a bit more love for our home as you do what I would say is if you can try and learn to do things yourselves because it's the labour that's the most expensive so a couple of weekends ago my husband and I painted our hallway it was a um yeah hard task but you know <laughs> it, it was satisfying and mm. but it, if I paid someone to do it it would have cost me a few hundred pounds mm. um there are certain tasks like you know painting the outside of the house or electronics or something you might get someone else to do that obviously yeah I suppose you've um, got to know your go know your limit or your exactly. level exactly painting's my limit if I'm honest uh, yes yeah, also like <laughs> Upcycle things, recycle. Mm. If you're buying furniture, charity shops, you could always, you know, change them around. I've seen someone buy cabinets and, you know, sand it down and repaint it a totally different colour. And it's absolutely lovely. But, you know, you don't always need to change too much. Sometimes literally all something needs is a fresh liquid paint and it's all it takes. So, and um, I'm not a decorating expert, but I have painted a hallway and a bedroom and actually it looks amazing. That's all it took. So, yeah. Well done. I got lots of paint everywhere when I painted uh, our old flat, but I did paint the ceiling as well. Um, that's, oh, well done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That was quite tough. Yeah. I think my probably worst thing for spending is social events and I'm sure lots of people are the same. So when we are finally allowed to go out with friends and family. Uh, How do you make sure you stick to the budget and we don't spend too much money on things like birthday gifts and things like that? Sure. So when we talked about budgeting earlier on, one of the things that you really need to include in your budget is if you've got birthdays, include that in that budget. So if you know you've got a birthday coming up in Ah. October, make sure you you put that in your diary and you, you include that within your spend, thinking actually I need to spend for a birthday gift and give yourself a limit for that birthday gift as well try and think ahead of what you might buy because when you walk into a store and just randomly pick something you end up spending more but also if you're going out with friends now this is a really tricky one actually because I get a lot of people asking me about this how do I deal with peer pressure what I would say is when you build your budget as well as gifts you also need to build a fun fund so so, and that is for going out and having fun because this isn't about not enjoying yourself, not at all. But you have to stick to it then. And if your budget a certain day or month doesn't allow for it, you have to learn to say no. Mm. And But if you do go out, um, what I get asked a lot is, you're, you know, you're at a table, you've had quite a small meal, you've not had any alcohol, but the bill gets split and you end up paying significantly more. Mm. I would say have an honest conversation with your friends from the start and you might find that everyone is actually in the same boat. They're probably thinking, thank goodness someone said something. 
it's, it comes back to money being a taboo subject. We don't like to talk about money. Yeah. And therefore, when we're out, it's too embarrassing to mention the word budget or anything like that. But you might find that you actually inspire your friends um, and you could all be good with money as a result. So fun fund, learn to say <laughs> no, because going out for one night is not worth getting into debt for. Mm. Yeah. Good tips, those. And I can't believe we've come this far in our chat about budgeting without mentioning the S word, sales. Um, are you the kind of person who doesn't mind getting a bargain in the sale? Do you like a bit of Black Friday or do you think they're best avoided? Do you know, I absolutely hate sales. Do you? <laughs> I really hate sales. <laughs> uh, one, I think it's very psychological. Mm. Okay, so if you buy something... If someone buys something and say it comes home and says, look what I got, it was 50% off, it's a bargain. But there's a good old saying, a bargain is only a bargain if it's something you actually wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you've just spent money. And so I would say, if you're going to the sales to see, uh, oh, I'll just go and have a little browse, see what's on and buy a few things. Personally, I'm just not into that. I just think it's a good way to spend money you don't have. But mm. if you've got your eye on something and you've had an eye on it for a while, and the sales come up, take a look, see if it's available. Um, you knew how much it cost before, and if it's there for a real bargain, why not? Black Friday, you mentioned. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> difficult one, that one. Uh, well, I say difficult. Okay, so I don't necessarily personally believe that all bargains for Black Friday are genuine. There are some good ones, but you need mm. to... If you're planning to buy something in the Black Friday sale, so to put it, um, or Cyber Monday, then, again, it's about keeping an eye on the things that you want. It's the same sort of concept. If it's something you want, great. But if you're just going out there and, you know, something's, like, slashed in price and you think, great, I'll have it, no, I would say. You you need to do some research. You need to know what it was before. You need to shop around. And it's yes. got to be something that you really want. Because otherwise, again, it's just spending money that you didn't necessarily have for things that you didn't necessarily need or want. Yeah, and I forgot about that, that some of the Black Friday deals aren't as good they found yeah, in recent years. I haven't got my handy seemed. research, but, you know, I have seen some terrible markdowns which aren't actually markdowns. I would say don't always fall for the marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good tip, isn't it? Uh, just any for anything. Mentioning Black Friday, of course, Black Friday comes just before, I think, probably the biggest spending in the year, Christmas. Um, how do you reckon we should work out how much to budget for Christmas? And when do you start saving for things like Christmas? Now, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so really, uh, I would say Christmas is such a big expense. And I think I've mm. seen a figure where it's something like, you know, we end up spending like £800 more than we would usually spend in Yikes. a month. I think the first thing is like it comes back to budgeting where you know make a list of the people that you're buying for put budget to each stick to it if money is tight because we've spoken about recession and redundancies as well you might just do a family secret santa uh, where you you just buy one gift and not not feel pressured into buying one for every single uh, member of the family so that would be you know, one way to overcome the cost. But in terms of saving for it, I would just say save as soon as possible. So maybe you might create a little um, Christmas pot and start putting money into it. And, you know, if there are ideas and gifts that you see potentially in the sales (laughs) and genuine (laughs) sales that, you know, you think actually this is a really good price, I've checked 
and it's going to make a great Christmas present, then you know you could start buying those things earlier on in the year as well. But what I would say is don't leave it last minute and don't leave it to the month of December, or even November. You, I mean, I would personally, I start thinking about saving for it um, come sort of July. I start, I've got a little notebook and I just write down gift ideas more than anything. Yeah. I think to me, psychologically, it's all it's about knowing what you want to buy. Because it's very hard to focus on saving for something that you don't actually know. Again, it comes down to goals. You don't actually know what you're saving for. Mm. Um, so I have a little list of ideas. And as I build that idea, I get an idea of what, what it's going to cost me and who I'm going to buy for as well. Yeah, I've got a little app. Like, in notes in my phone, I have a little Christmas one. Just there always. I make notes throughout yeah, the year. It's such a good exactly. Tip. It's really useful because you always forget ideas, don't you? Totally, yeah. And then it comes to November and you don't know what to get. Yeah. But yeah, um, and I would, yeah, comes to November, don't leave it till November. You just yeah, don't, don't want do to be doing Christmas that. Eve. <laughs> yeah, don't do Christmas Eve, don't do last minute shopping um, and build that pot early on in the year. Yeah. So we've already established you're not a fan of the sales, cabinet, but what about spontaneous lockdown purchases? Have you managed to avoid that craving during lockdown? Do you know what? I, <laughs> I sound really boring, but I really have. But it's mainly because I've been homeschooling with two children and I've been working from home and I've been painting, as you just heard. Yeah, of course. Um, You've had no time to go look yeah. at the online sales, have you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I was training for a charity run, which didn't happen. So I've carried oh. on running anyway. Um, Good for you. And there's just so much happening. I haven't had time to shop I wish I did um, even a little purchase to make me happy as you you know looking like the, fun, the fun fun having fun exactly <laughs> but it's just been really really difficult and I feel mm. everyone's been put in a quite a difficult situation in one way or another and parents as well and as a parent I can say I've almost been put in an impossible position and oh, completely so I have what I have done however is I have purchased things for my children and Actually, it's been really important for both theirs and my mental health as well. And so, you know, we're currently subscribed to every possible um, streaming service that we can for television. Good old Disney Plus, I bet, in your house. We we did get rid of Disney Plus um, because I actually got bored of it. So I have kept an eye on things (laughs) like that equally. But, you know, we've got Now TV, we've got Netflix Mm. and, you know, they're watching whatever it takes, really. Our trampoline broke, so I did actually buy them a new trampoline. So all these things... They're lockdown purchases, but I wouldn't say they're crazy. I would say they're essential. And that's all I've had time to focus on is like managing like things that I need to get through this really difficult time. Yeah, completely. I mean, I I got, well, not tricked. I did fall for it. I ordered a coat online. I (gasps) sent it back. Wasn't even free postage, so I wasted like three pounds fifty on the postage or something. So you there you go. Learn. Don't you exactly. <laughs> I was tricked. Um, now you are, of course, a finance editor. You must get loads of questions, obviously, in your work, but also probably in your social life of people asking you about money and budgeting. So I wondered what are the most common ones that you tend to get. Do you know, I wouldn't say there is a one specific question I get asked mm-hmm. about. I do get asked about investing quite a lot. I get asked about bitcoins. Um, so mm. I do like to tell people, you know, if you're going to follow um, people on social media about money, try and follow sources with credentials and mm. trustworthy ones, not someone that's going to tell you to put all your money into bitcoins. You know, I, how do I get started with an investment ISO? I get asked that a lot. I get asked about pensions a fair bit. And I feel that's yeah. one thing. That's one message that's really, really going out. And 
So at Hearst, for example, we've been building a financially fabulous brand that is all about empowering women when it comes to their finances and taking action um, to put themselves in a stronger position for their future. And pensions has been a key message of that. So I get asked about pensions a lot. You know, how much do I need to save? Do I need to put in anything into pension at all? I'm only mm. 20, whatever. I get asked about that a lot. But I think generally, um, I get asked about bank accounts quite a lot as well, actually, because we've all thought about how we bank now, especially since lockdown. I get asked about challenger banks, whether, you know, how can you trust banks, challenger banks even, because they're new. How can mm. you trust them? What do I need to look out for? Yeah, so um, it's a really real mixed bag of questions. But what I really love is just when people come come up to me and just you know I've read this article but I just want to know a little bit more whether they've heard me speak at panel or just read something um, and that's really encouraging as well cool it's, it sounds like people are getting more financially literate which is great really think, isn't it I think the world is changing I, I, I think the message is we're all shouting about it in such a positive and inspirational way and I feel that people are listening yeah, definitely. And just before we wrap up, I feel like you've given us loads of tips. Um, but if there were like your top three takeaways, your top three tips for living frugally that you want someone to take away from this podcast today, what would they be? Living frugally? Oh, gosh. Uh, so I would <laughs> say food waste really, really irritates me. So mm-hmm. um, stop wasting food. And there's a figure. We waste 9.5 million tonnes of food every year. Yes, I've heard um, that as well. So, it's and that's terrifying. Costing. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's so, money going in the bin. Exactly. And so stop wasting food, have a budget and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Learn to say no as well. Good. And when I say learn to say no, to say no is don't give in to peer pressure. Mm. Good tips. Kapla, we always ask our guests one final question. Think back to your 18-year-old self. Um, what piece of advice would you give? Doesn't necessarily have to be about money, but um, yeah, what what would you have told your younger self then that you maybe know now? Okay, so I would say now it's really good to listen to your parents and especially your mum because we all know mums are always right. But yes. I would say I shouldn't have listened to everything that my mum said. Oh, really? She wouldn't let me cut my hair, and she, <laughs> she's just like, "Don't cut your hair. You don't want to ruin your hair. Just don't cut it." And I didn't cut it for like. Apart from the little trim, I didn't cut it for, like, years, probably my 20s, when I probably really? had a sh- I mean, it was all... It's still It must long. have been so long. <laughs> it was long, and I was allowed to trim it, but she would say, no, cut it, no, it's so beautifully long, and I wish I'd just stopped listening to her and just went wild a bit, you know? Yeah. I had a very short that. boy's haircut when yeah, I was about 14, but, and I loved it. Oh, but now my hair's really long, and it kind of reminds me of that time. Oh. So, which is why I mentioned it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Mum, but um, I wish I'd cut my hair a bit more and it's and been a bit wild with it. Yeah. But then and you maybe, are, are missing the hairdressers right now, I'm guessing. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, you know, I will get it cut, but not too short because I'm so used to long hair now since 18. Yeah, yeah, you get you get, get into your habits with it, don't you? I know. Uh, Carmen Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for joining me on The Penny Drops. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Penny Drops. We hope you learned something new and useful to help you with your finances. We'd love to hear what you think of the series, so please do leave us a review. Or if you have any comments or money questions you'd like us to cover, you can get in touch at thepennydrops at royallondon.com. This podcast series is brought to you by Royal London, the UK's largest mutual life pensions and investment company. Royal London, determination since 1861.
Royal London recommends you seek professional independent financial advice before making financial decisions. All views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and not of Royal London. Thank you.